Welcome to Oops All Apocalypses, a show where we explore the collapse of society by playing fun tabletop role-playing games. I'm your master of ceremonies, Stu Masterson, and I'm joined with a couple of my friends here. Hey folks, I'm Brady and I play Book McCready, a super sharp sleuth who is cool under pressure when he's not haunted by his tragic past. And I'm Jacob. I'm playing Ocean, a gentle giant with a questionable past and a questionable ride. Excellent. And I'm playing the Apocalypse. So this is our first real session. We had a little bit of a jump into action last time, uh, but this is where we're going to actually do all of the normal beginning of session moves and kick off the story that we've been already talked a ton about, getting all the backstory straight and actually start playing the game like it's supposed to be played. But before that, we got a few things we need to talk about. If you like exposition, you've loved the last three episodes. Absolutely. We, we got a lot of just us talking about things without doing much. And if you hate exposition, you've already dropped us. <laughs> oh, there'll be more exposition. <laughs> yeah, we, we got some lessons learned from our first recordings. And I think the biggest thing we need to talk about is why no one has ever told me that I pronounce the word over like a donkey. Is anyone? It was charming. <laughs> I've lived my entire life not realizing that I say Erber. Like Erber. The second I heard it in the recording, I was like, this, who is speaking right now? Who <laughs> pronounces that word that way? And it was me. To be it was fair. Me. To be fair, I Brady did. pointed it out a dozen times I, I, I at, least. Be honest. <laughs> at least. At least a dozen times. 100% on you. You, you started this by saying I can't believe I, no one told me, and I I guess I I guess I didn't straight up say Stu say pronounced over, but I did actually I pointed it out on multiple occasions. I don't listen to your criticism, Brady. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying don't don't at me, bro. Okay. When I hear something negative from you, it just rolls off. But if we do ever have listeners, what I would like is if you know anyone who pronounces that word the same way, let me know where they live. Because I've lived all over the country and I want to figure out where I picked up this ridiculous pronunciation. Oh, man. That means we need a Gmail. Oh, shit. No, we do. We, no, we all have a stew at stew.cool email addresses. Don't worry. This episode's sponsored by <laughs> stew.cool. Uh, oh, this crap. The What's the Squarespace? Make the website of your dreams. See, we can't say that because now they know they don't have to sponsor us. We'll do it we'll for just, free. We'll as just a do joke. it for free. Yeah, we're you just pimp us out to the first person that will sponsor us, and we'll take. We just gotta start doing ads and then hope they pay us later. So I'm gonna open my loot crate here. Ooh, what'd you get this week? Yeah, uh, I don't have. I don't have a loot. Hey, Brady, I'm sorry. Yes, and. Oh, it has a it has a Iron Man Funko Pop. That's so 2018. Oh, wow. and if you hold it above your head, it looks like you're a unicorn. <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys are so bad at improv. <laughs> I, like, what? <laughs> I got so happened? confused. I've done a decent bit of community theater, but I never really did much improv. I hated it so much. That's surprising because you're so good at it. Yeah, considering how much RPGs I've play at this point which is basically entirely improv but with all of that over we should go ahead and start off our session one previously you guys escaped a pretty dangerous scrape you made it back to hamlet opening on the outskirts of subtropolis with a new vehicle that is a little ostentatious especially since you stole it from a group of chaos cultists who may potentially want it back but it's being hidden in ocean's garage right now we're gonna pick up pretty much right there the way we begin each session is with living day to day which if you look on your reference sheet that's one of the moves you have where you roll plus barter both of you pretty bad at barter yes but we'll see how this goes well, I think we established people like buying stuff from you because you don't know how much things could cost. So yeah, I think I your minus one barter isn't because you don't move product. It's because you under you underprice it. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And speaking of, I rolled a six. Ah, excellent. Boo. So that is a straight up failure. Um, you go ahead and make your roll to book and we'll adjudicate these a little bit together. I hate to do this. Mine was also a six. OK, so that's just <laughs> an utter failure. 
on both parts. We, we really fuck that Jeep. I'm not. I'm Why? not. I'm not. I'm gonna have that Jeep for less than half a session because I have a feeling it's about to explode. So the situation we find you guys in. So the way since this is the first time we're doing it, I'll hit on how this move works. Uh, when you roll well, you get to ask me what's free and easy. Or if you roll medium, you get to ask me what's easy and what's hard. Um, and I get to tell you kind of what sorts of things in society right now are easy for you to um, access and what's difficult for you to access. And that kind of guides how you're struggling right now. Since you both failed, you're both struggling quite heavily and you're in a bad spot. So right now you guys are in possession of a stolen Jeep that you are really hoping to be able to obfuscate in some way, maybe give it a paint job. Yeah. Have you thought about kind of how you would want to obfuscate it? I, um, what I do know is that I want it, I would definitely want to paint it and I would really love if Frida were the one to do it because I want to meet them Oh, and I want to see what they can do to camouflage my Jeep. I was thinking like a nice, like kind of vertical gray and black stripe to give it sort of some cave camouflage. Ooh, hide in those stalagmites. Exactly. Obviously I'm going <laughs> to leave it up to the artist, but if I can get, cause we, we haven't met Frida. So I kind of want to use this as an opportunity to sort of ingratiate ourselves with them and see if we can get on a, a better footing. Okay, you know, that's I think that's a good path forward. Unfortunately, that sounds like something pretty pricey and you did not roll a pretty good barter, but we'll still figure out how that works. More on the ocean side of things. You made it back to town with your spider, your vehicle, barely limping along. I believe it actually rolled into the garage as it was running out of yeah, gas. I was about to say, if I remember correctly, it was shot in the gas tank. So. It was it was actually cut through the gas tank ah. and shot through the window. That's right, because I got the... Yeah, your, your window is also not very useful right now, um, especially you don't think you could hold up to another gunshot, which isn't unheard of. You like You like to have good bulletproof glass in front of your face, and right now it is definitely weaker structurally as there is a three inch long sniper rifle round uh, <laughs> halfway through the bullet or halfway through your glass yeah unfortunately hmm, glass good. doesn't glass doesn't patch well yeah you can't really just like rub some dirt on that hole <laughs> and break off the end and sand down that bullet like if it was metal like we could probably weld something to something but um you're in a tough spot pal yeah so right now you pretty much have two non-drivable cars and to make matters worse Right now, you just do not have, you're low on batteries. Your charge is running out. You don't even have a lot of food, and you certainly don't have enough money to go purchase the necessary supplies oh, to Lordy. fix up these vehicles. Sounds like uh, we're due for a fetch quest. Yeah, it's it's so bad that after you guys separate, go back to your houses trying to figure out plans to kind of scrounge up enough money, kind of looking to see what you have around that you could possibly trade, because there's a pretty big barter system in place here too. book when you go you kind of give up on being able to find something of any value you've scrounged through and you find some things that do have some value but they're they're important to you they're connected to your parents in some way or your past uh, so you don't want to give them up as you go to take your shower for the night you turn on the sink to brush your teeth and no water comes out sink just completely <laughs> broken oh no luckily luckily i do have my my bucket in the middle of the room that's collecting uh, condensation from my ceiling so yeah I'll, I'll just rinse my hands off in that and then um try not to touch my face that's a very wise move seems like the main goal you should have in the short term is trying to get your vehicles back up and running because that is how you make your money uh, especially for ocean i was about to say yeah that's like my whole yeah, you can't income. go scrounging around very well without it um so how would you guys try to collect some money i could always so here's the thing i don't want to do this because the Jeep is my ticket to the surface. And once, you know, I get up there, I can cruise around on those perfectly well-paved roads. So I don't really want to get rid of the Jeep. I could sell the Jeep. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I could get a pretty good penny for that. As long as we can um, convince people that it wasn't previously owned by the boxcar children. Yeah, I would say right now it's definitely kind of hot. Trying to sell it would be difficult. You would probably need at least some supplies to even get it to a reasonably sellable state. Mm, okay. Unless you want to really sell it for like scrap. No, I don't. I, w I don't want to sell it at all. Ocean, uh, you holding on to any any hot uh, hot commodities? 
I guess I can go uh, scrounge around in my collect cord of stuff that I keep and see if there's anything that could be worth anything. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's been a while. I, I imagine we probably didn't do much shopping and selling yesterday with the uh, the old fiasco with the boxcar children. So you have this basic scrapyard kind of around your house, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's not quite like shack in the middle of a junkyard, more like Appalachia sad. Yeah, right? just, just kinda it kind of looks like a hoarding situation. Yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're out there looking for things based on your bad role. I'm going to go ahead and tell you there's not a lot useful there, but give me a read a situation. Read a situation. Yeah. Something seems afoot here. It looks like someone's been in here pretty recently. Not you. Not a lot of people come poking around your scrapyard, but it looks like someone's been around here recently. Uh, that's an eight. An eight. Okay. You can ask me one of the questions from read a situation. What should I be on the lookout for? You scan around, you kind of poke poke around some things that look like they're kind of a little bit disheveled. You notice there is a mailbox that has its flag up. This is one of the ways that Frida has previously performed dead drops for you. They like to keep it kind of up in the air, how they communicate with you. It's mostly been through like letters or notes that say, hey, leave the supplies in this location and I'll leave the payment in a different location. But uh, this is one of the ones that they've used previously. You know that this is not how they would normally contact you, though, just out of nowhere using one of these drops. Normally, you'd have some other communication beforehand. I walk up to the mailbox and I open it up. Take a look inside. The mailbox creaks open. (laughs) Inside the mailbox, there is a letter that is folded up. That's all you see in there. I grab it. Uh, As you... Pull it out and read it. You notice immediately this handwriting is not Frida's handwriting. This is someone else's handwriting. It looks, though, like they've done a poor job of not necessarily misleading you into thinking it's Frida. They don't say, like, signed Frida. But it seems like it's intended to be written in a similar way, where it's um, very nebulous and saying, hey, I have a work I need you to perform, meet at this location, I have a specific item I need you to collect. But the handwriting is obviously not Frida's. Am I here? Am I also uh, experiencing this moment? Do you want to be? Yeah, I do. I would like to be here and experiencing this moment. Yeah, yeah I imagine absolutely. we're both like, shit, we're broke. Uh, Want to come back to my place? Let's <laughs> see if I get any good as shit. I mean, I drag you around mostly to look at my stuff anyway to appraise it. So Hell yeah. Yeah, come on, we'll come back to my garage. Let's take a look here. Right as uh, you unfurl this letter and start reading it, you see Book's head pop out of the sunroof of a car (laughs) around the corner. And Book, you notice him uh, reading this letter. All right, I wave it over. I, like, wave the letter in the the air. I'm like, Book, come take a look at this. It's weird. Ocean, what do you have for me? I have the letter. Uh, It's... It's... Normally, like, you know, this is this is Frida's call sign, but I don't think this is her handwriting here. Take a look. Yeah, that that looks fishy. I, I so I, book since you can read. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. about that. <laughs> I for, yes, I did, too. But luckily, I didn't give you much information. Just yeah, these you could tell by the shape look quite the same as her normal squiggles. Yeah, you could tell by the shapes. It looked like the similar notes you've seen that were like, hey, leave this here and then some spaces meet here. But you couldn't read any of those words. Yeah, Ocean, your, your instinct was good on this. It does It does not look like, uh, this doesn't look like Frida to me. Book, you see that it specifically says uh, to meet at the Broken Leg, which is a bar in town, to hopefully work out some payment, which is also something Frida would never say. Frida's usually like very discreet. Like it would literally be like this flag up and you then have to go look in the glove box of one of your cars to go find some cryptic note that is telling how much that they'll pay you and where to leave it and stuff like that. Well, this is very straightforward and like, hey, I'm going to meet up with you. Do, do they give us a time that we're supposed to meet or a date? ASAP. That's the, actually the last part of the entire note is ASAP. I don't. All caps. I don't. As it should be, <laughs> of course, with with uh, periods in between the letters or not with oh, periods. Man. No exclamation oh, points. I don't like that. Oh, shit. A S A P. OK, so. Oh, fuck. Ocean. 
I think that this is going to take uh, both of us to unravel. I'd like to take a little jaunt over to the Soggy Worm, which is where my crush Callista Furnace works. It's a ramen restaurant. Oh. Oh. And I want to see if we can both scrounge up a cheap meal in exchange for something and also get some information because that is one of the other locations that we use to communicate with Frida. Oh. All right. Let's do it. Pretty, pretty hungry to be honest with you. Yeah. You guys head to the Soggy Worm, which is a horrendous name. Thank you, Brady. <laughs> for a ramen restaurant. Oh god, I just realized that it's <laughs> just put two and two together. Ramen looks like soggy worms. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what what is it? Name. What does it look like on the outside? Is this like a Do you know the, the first scene in Blade Runner? Yeah. The intro scene where where uh Deckard's sitting at uh sort of that it's just a bar. It's an it's not a bar. Like they're not serving drinks, but you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a it's a uh, it's a it's like a stand, a stand outside, exactly. isn't it? hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. envisioning. Okay, you go up to the stand that is made almost entirely out of cup of noodles ramen <laughs> that they slowly remove from the stand, reducing the structural integrity as time goes on. But there is so many that at some point, you know, you know, Captain Noodle, the person who runs this restaurant, he got uh, he got very lucky and found a supermarket and was able to completely loot the Costco for all of their cup of noodles and has hoarded them here. Is Calista Furnace a chef here or a bartender or runs the cashier? Uh, she, she's just or the, runs the she's cash the register and she runs the cash register. I don't think she's cooking. There are a handful of haphazardly scattered uh, tables around. Um, this is probably one of the worst restaurants. There's not much good food in the apocalypse. I can't imagine. But this is would pretty be. much. Yeah, this is still pretty much bare bones. Because this ramen has not been good for a while. It has a pretty long shelf life, but it's a little stale. The real valuable thing here is that they have very hot water to be able to make it. They have some sort of... uh, This stand was constructed in this location because there's some sort of hot spring that there's just like this pouring of steam out that they've been able to kind of collect in these giant vats. And they just use the steam to quickly just blast these cup of noodle ramens and make them all nice and soggy for you. You guys can afford a couple bowls of this, and by bowls, I mean cups of this ramen. Uh, and yeah, you sit down. Uh, you see Callista is working here. Captain Noodles is also in the back. He's the main chef and owner, proprietor of this location. What are you doing here? Hey, Callista. Uh, we'll have two of the usual and only option. It's all just the, sh- the spicy shrimp ramen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, if it's if it's all right with you, Stu, a bit of world world building here. That is our phrase uh, to to signal that we are asking if Frida has left any information for us. Ooh, I like it. I like write it. I down. don't write think that I down. Need, yeah, write down exactly that wording. So with this, you're saying that Calista Furnace is knowledgeable about your relationship with Frida. Yeah, I think I think she um, hold, will hold on to. Uh, communications. I, I don't. I don't know that she uh, communicates directly with Frida. I think that's unknown to me, and she won't tell me what the situation is. All I know is that uh, she gets gets letters for us from Frida, and she will also communicate uh, to Frida for us. Are you sure you don't want an extra packet in e- either one of those? Which is the code word for she has not heard anything. No, that's right. But I appreciate the offer. Okay, sure thing. And she goes and actually gets them and brings them to you. So it's not suspicious in any way. Grabs two from like the kind of like in the back corner. The awning kind of sags a little bit, but still, still all right so far. <laughs> and you hear Captain Noodles go, not the load bearing ones. <laughs> He's got those like marked with like a paintbrush. Yeah. He, has, <laughs> he has X's on a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Jenga restaurant. Now, are, you, are you guys intending to stay there and finish your meal and... Do you have anything specific you're doing? Here? I think if we haven't, I'm finishing my meal. Well, I was gonna say, I don't know a book, but Ocean. Since since there's Ocean nothing hungry. from from Frida, I feel like our only course of action is to actually go to this bar and just see what's going on. So should we should we hang here and and eat, or should we walk and uh, and eat? What do we know of the bar that they want us to meet I at? I like that question. Uh, do either of you drink? Yes. <laughs> I was about to say I don't think Ocean drinks. Okay, book drinks. I drink exclusively whiskey. 
The bar is also where entertainment is as well. So you've probably been there, Ocean. The bar is a well-run establishment. It is one of the only places they are actually not allowed to bring in firearms. So it's kind of a safe haven. Still pretty dangerous. A lot of bar fights. And there have been a string of stabbings, of course, because they're not taking everyone's knife. That's You can't be in the, the apocalypse without a knife. But there's at least no firearms. Um, you have to leave them at the door when you go in. Um, it's as nice as an apocalyptic bar could be. <laughs> but I don't, if you don't spend, how, how much time do you think you spend there, Book? I, I think that I like to go there to listen and collect gossip. Okay, yeah, then you, you know a good bit about it. Like, you're probably familiar with the bartender. Um, the bartender is actually one of the, uh, so what you know, Book, specifically, since you've been there a lot and you kind of have a history with the town, the bartender was kind of a de facto leader of the town before Hickory showed up. Um, so he's been around for a very long time. Would you would you be comfortable saying that they are this bartender's also a fan of Frida's work? I don't know if you've talked to him about that. Yet. OK, I like that. But you you would not be surprised. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. You don't think he's particularly a big fan. Of so I think given that information, there's fair. There's reasonable suspicion to think that maybe the bartender caught wind of you know, our interactions and wants to get involved and is luring us there for a good reason. I think there's also reasonable suspicion to think that uh, we're about to get clobbered. Well, I think there's only way to know for only one way to find out for sure. So uh, let's get on over there. We're going to walk up uh, into the bar and sit right down. Okay, you walk into the broken leg. Uh, Give me a read a situation roll. Whoever's taken point. I think it makes sense that we both would have read the situation, but I think it's we don't need duplicative information let's have ocean roll it and then if you want to help him you can oh yeah i like that I always forget help is here yeah help is a good one uh that's an eight nice okay that's gonna let you ask one question you could attempt to help him yeah we do have plus two hp on my end actually no we have plus three now because of our experience yep plus three. so that's a that's a pretty re- good i could i could probably get you up to a full hit so i'm, I'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna try to help yeah lay it on me okay roll it Okay, so with the plus three, I just hit a 12. Oh, shit. Nice. <laughs> that is a full one. So that also gives both of you plus one to your history, which I believe makes you roll over. Yeah. Um, shit. Roll over. Well, just, I'm at plus three now for history. And I'm at plus four, which does that give me plus one XP? That gives you plus one XP. Nice. And it brings it down to plus one HX. And then dropping this on you like it's hot without any warning where when you roll over, damn it, when you roll over, you get to learn a secret from the other person that they haven't told you. I like that. So you got to come up with a secret ocean, which you don't have a lot of. I don't have a lot of secrets. It can be as big or as small as you want, but you got to share a secret with them because when you roll over, it represents knowing someone on like a deeper level. And this is kind of a good way of just giving a quick little thing that represents that all right here's here's ocean's current big dark secret he hates the ramen shop he just hates it oh my but he goes with book anyway to because he knows he likes it better and because i want to see calista he doesn't quite know why he goes there a lot but uh he knows book likes to go so he goes (laughs) he still doesn't quite understand but he doesn't have quite caught on to the calista situation but he's so yeah that that secret comes out as you guys are walking over to <laughs> this other like, bar. Hey, you know, I hate ramen, right? That shit is disgusting, especially like worms. It makes me think of worms. Like, why would they call a restaurant that? It just makes me feel gross. I, I think. Anyway, carry on your business. Yeah, right. OK, so you get to ask three questions, Ocean. Did you have something you want to add? No, I was trying to think of the word um, irreverent, but it took too long. So let's just go. Yep, yep. Joke got missed. Instinctively, Ocean's going to always be on the lookout for who's the biggest threat. So that's the first question I'm going to ask. Uh, second question, what should I be on the lookout for? And third question, who is in control here? I like that triplet of questions. Okay, so you come in to the bar and you see the motley crew spread in front of you. Um, you see people that are familiar and people who aren't familiar. Who or what poses the biggest threat to me? There is someone in here who is one of the biggest badasses in town. It is just this mountain of a man known as Beethoven. And he, (laughs) you guys have actually never seen him 
do any particular violence, but you have tons and tons of stories about horrific things he's done to people. I'm going to nudge a book and be like, oh, fuck, it's Beethoven. Hey, I heard he punched a baby once. Dude, I heard he pulled out his own tooth when he had an abscess. Oh, you think that's badass? Uh, I heard he wrestled a bear. And we don't even have bears down here. So where'd that bear come from? (laughs) I heard that he slept with the bear after he wrestled it. (laughs) Oh, man, I heard he changes the car tires and he just unscrews the lug nuts with his fingers. No tools. Just screws them. That's nuts. I heard that he is the one person in town that Hickory Fleek is afraid of. I heard he killed a guy with just a bullet because he ran out of guns. He spat at him. You look look behind and the bartender is leaning forward, noticing you, staring at Beethoven. Beethoven walks up to the bar, doesn't say anything, holds up one finger, and the bartender turns around and uh, reaches down and gives him a vial with a little scorpion inside of it. Oh, shit. And you see Beethoven take it back, walk to the table, smash it with his fist and just snort it. (laughs) And the bartender goes, that is not how you're supposed to take those. (laughs) So he's the biggest threat here. (laughs) I would say so. But he's actually not the one in control here. Uh, But who's in control is the man behind the bar. His large revolver on his hip. And he is uh, clearly running this establishment. He did not flinch when Beethoven walked up to him. And Beethoven was quite respectful around him, even though he didn't use many words. The last question was, what should I be on the lookout for, correct? Yes. This looks like it possibly was a Fuddruckers at one point. Let's say for for argument's sake that either one of us or one of our listeners doesn't know what a Fuddruckers is. Could you, would you explain it for us? So if you don't know what a Fuddruckers is, they have the largest corner tables of any building in the world. (laughs) I never noticed that. I'll be Corner honest tables, with you, I never massive. They're usually like raised up and <laughs> like seat 14 people. Why? Um, what? Don't know. What is they doing there? You see, and this would be kind of the type of place you'd expect to have a more clandestine meeting. Um, so you look at uh, one of the corners is taken up by the door where you guys are right where you walked in where the bar is. And there's three other corners. Two of them are empty. One of the empty tables has just a smattering of Queen of Spades cards laid all over it and kind of tucked into the cushions behind it, but no one's there right now. But in the far corner, furthest from the door, you see uh, a man uh, sitting wearing sunglasses inside, which is very suspicious. And he kind of lowers them and looks at you a little bit when you come in and then puts them back on and continues sipping on his alcohol. Okay, Ocean... You think that's our man I book? Have a, I have a plan. I'm going to go over to that empty booth, and I want to see if there's anything written on those cards. In the meantime, call. I would like for you to order me a whiskey on the rocks. And then, and only then, we'll, we'll go together and approach that guy. All right. Sounds good. I walk up to the bartender, and awkwardly he's like, um, can I get a, a whiskey? On the, on the are you are you are you gonna be good for it? Uh, uh, yeah, you know me. Yeah, I'm good for it. Okay, put it on my tab. I'll pay for it. Okay, uh, haven't hadn't made a payment in a little bit. Just making sure there's not gonna be any trouble. Oh no, we got a, we got a gig lined up right now. Don't don't you worry about it. I'm good for it. I promise. I swear. He holds out his pinky finger and is like, I pinky swear. He sits there for an uncomfortably long amount of time first and then reaches out and <laughs> makes a pinky promise with you. And he goes, and that's your bond. So I'll take it. And he slides uh, whiskey to you. I pick it up. I give him a little nod and I start walking over to wherever Book is at this at this time. Book, you've made it to uh, the other corner table that has all of the cards in it. I pick up all the cards and I flip each one over in turn. And I want to see if there's anything unusual about them. Or if there's any writing on them. Um, so a lot of them are kind of just stuck around the... Stuck into the cushions of the seats. From what you can see, they don't have anything on them. The ones that are on the table, they're just spread out. It looks like a, like a casino shuffle, basically, but all face up. And looking at them, you do not see anything written on those cards. Okay. I, gra- I grab all the cards and I stuff them in my pocket. I, I have a feeling that 
there's something weird going on with them and I want to hold on to them. All of them, including the ones that are like stuck into the cushions or just no, the ones I'm grabbing on the table. all of them. I'm fishing around in the crevices of the seats. Try I'm trying not to look suspicious, um, but I'm not being as subtle as I should. Give me an act under fire. Okay. That is a, I, I have great luck. That That's a 12. A 12? It's actually pretty dead at the bar right now, so there's not a ton of people, but you're able to kind of subtly do it. You don't think anyone really noticed you come over here. And right now, uh, or after you collect them up, you look in the corner, and the man sitting in the opposite corner is focused on Ocean instead of you while you've scrounged these up. So now that I have those cards and I've surreptitiously stored them in my pocket, I walk over to Ocean and I grab my whiskey on the rocks and we approach the gentleman in the other corner booth. Ocean holds up the note that was left in the mailbox and kind of just like slides it over to him. Are you trying to be like intimidating in this or just very matter of fact like, hey, found it? I'm trying to be subtle more than anything. Okay, subtle about it. He looks up at you and he goes, Hey, it's my good friends, Ocean and Book. Does that mean that you're accepting the job? Hey, fella. Um, hey, hey, hey. Good to see you. It's uh, your good friend, Johnny Hertz. Johnny Hertz. And he takes off his sunglasses do we and hold, this guy? holds out his hand. Uh, you do not recognize this man at all. <laughs> um, uh, his, let's think. Uh, no, I don't think you've even heard of him. You've never seen this man before in your life. Haven't heard of him. It's like, yeah, it's your good friend, Johnny Hertz. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's great to meet fans and he sh- tries to shake both your hands uh ocean shakes his hands like hey hey johnny um the letter was pretty nebulous on what the job was you, you got any more information on us for us yeah we gotta be a little secretive about this one you know i don't want people to recognize local celebrity johnny hurts and uh realize i'm trying to collect some items that may be of a particular high value, but I, there's something I think that I could really use from you guys. There's, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. Here it is. And he unrolls this blueprint and you see a very, very technical drawing of some sort of device. It looks like it, it's, there's little wires and Arduinos and little windows on it that look like oscilloscopes. Um, it looks like a very complicated piece of technology. And he goes, uh, one of the local um, less than savory groups uh, that like to hang out in Subtropolis have come across something, and I don't think they understand how valuable it is. I could really use this for my show, and I'm hoping that you guys could uh, work out a deal with them, or however you could get it to me. And I would, I would be able to reward you quite handsomely. Listen, Johnny, I am severely in need of work so i i appreciate you reaching out to us but before we we do any sort of work uh i need to know what sort of compensation we could expect and i also want to make it clear that ocean and i are not thieves oh yeah i'm I'm not asking you to steal it i'm asking you to make a trade make a deal take it off their hands whatever whatever way works best okay so Again, what 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 can we expect as far as compensation? If if we're going to be making a deal or a trade or purchasing this item, we need some capital to work with. Um, hmm. I think I could get you probably three car batteries, which in the fiction is a pretty significant chunk of money. What what do you even need this device for? What is it? What does it do? I can't make heads or tail of any of these schematics you're showing us. Yeah, uh, book. Give me a read. Someone. This All right, is your here type we go. Of thing. Oh, man. Your luck will run out eventually. That was a four. No, that was a four with my plus two. Okay, uh, I'm going to say you can still ask me one of those questions, but be prepared for the worst, which is what I can do when you fail. What do you hope I'll do? Okay, he really wants you to get this device no matter what means. He does not seem to care. It seems to be very important to him. You notice looking at the schematics, so they're upside down to you right now. It is very complicated, but you see it says TTE device stamped on one of the sides of it. Okay, that sounds fun. I can't go selling all my secrets here. I really would just appreciate if we can keep this a business transaction and you guys get it for me and I'll keep you flowing in the batteries. Okay, so 
uh, first thing, we, we definitely need to know where we can find it. But I'm not doing this for less than three car batteries and six double A's. Give me a sway someone roll. Well, if I'm going to sway someone, I want to... I want more batteries out of it. <laughs> okay. That was an eight. On an eight, if they don't want to go along with you or refuse, they can choose to ask you for evidence, time, a compromise, or some concrete assurance. They must go along with you if you provide that assurance. So he's going to say, how about this? If you get it to me without there being any tracing from the current owners back to me, then I will throw in four double A's. I'll give them to you up front. Ocean, what are your thoughts? That sounds like a deal to me. We need something to pay for your drink, I'll be honest. I was lying through my teeth. Yeah, th this whiskey keeps getting more and more expensive, but I just, I like how smooth it goes down. All right, Johnny. Johnny Hurts. It's a deal. Excellent, excellent news, and he tries to shake both your hands again. <laughs> I shake his hand again. <laughs> I look really uncomfortable, though. I got one last question for you. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> you? It looks like he he just got limit broken. He he stumbles backwards, and uh, he's like, oh, it, "I'm Johnny Johnny Hertz. You haven't heard of me? Local radio aficionado, star, spreader of I'm truth." I'm sorry, my Johnny um, Hertz. My radio's been broken. Um, yeah, like no one has radio because it's next to useless in the underground <laughs> that makes sense so yeah, like, like i don't even own a radio that i know of oh wow i sorry sorry guys yeah I, i'm johnny hurts i'm very famous in town um i have the most popular radio show in town but i'm looking to uh, expand kind of get a little bit wider audience and uh, what you're getting for me could really help out with that well hey it's um certainly uh, fantastic to me appreciate the employment opportunity and um you know, I, I hope that this uh, platform that you have here, um, I hope I hope that you're using it for a good cause. Oh, absolutely. I'm spreading the truth far and wide. Tune in on 99.5 <laughs> with Johnny Hertz. So I'm I, under my breath to Ocean. I'm going to try to say without Johnny Hertz hearing, I don't I don't think Johnny Hertz is his real name and. I don't, I think we need to get a radio so we can figure out what he's about. I mean, I got a lot of stuff back in my place. Uh, one of those things might be a radio. I'd like to leave. Okay. Yeah. So you <laughs> want to try to listen to him? Oh, yeah. wait, wait, no, no, no. We need to know where to find this thing. Oh we, yeah. We should probably get more information about the job. Yeah. That's probably a that's call. a great idea. And he turns over the schematics and he has a gruff sketch of Subtropolis, which is like massive. This kind of looks like someone's like zoomed in on like just Brooklyn and New York or something. And uh, it's very hard to tell where those references are. But he's showing some he's drawn some circles and he's like, so there's a small time warlord named Crandall and he has come across this device. Uh, I don't know what his men really are doing out in Subtropolis. They live there, though, which so <laughs> not the brightest group. But uh, he's been collecting up some pretty interesting things, and some of my resources have told me that he came across specifically this device. And I don't think he knows that it's valuable, so I think you'll be able to get it from him pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, he's he's roughly in this region here north of the park. I don't know exactly where he is, but that's where I heard his men kind of set up ambushes and tried to rob local passerbys. What makes you think he's not going to try and rob us as local passerbys? Uh, well, he may. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, you guys are very capable. I've heard that you guys know how to get stuff. And uh, I think that you guys won't have any trouble with them. They're not too violent. They're like medium violent. And uh, I don't know. As long as, as long as you keep your head up, stay focused, keep your eye on the prize. I believe you'll have no trouble. I, I'd, I'd get it myself, but you know, my knee. Oh, yeah. Got that old knee injury. Yeah. An arrow, maybe? No, that's ridiculous. Fair enough. Well, I think... Football. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that's everything we need for now. But yeah, if we need to get back in touch with you, how can we find you? 
Well, you can hear me on 99.5 with Johnny Hertz. Uh, you can tune in. I'm usually uh, transmitting about from 12 to 5 every single day. So you'll be able to hear me, but that is not how radios work. You cannot communicate back with me. So if you want to really get another message to me, you should probably come down to my station. And I'm usually there. I sleep above the recording booth. Sounds like you got a real stable setup going on there. Oh, yeah. Johnny Hertz is living large. So I definitely have questions about how he's powering this situation, but I don't think I'm going to ask him anything more at this point. Ocean, are you ready to rock? Let's go find a radio. <laughs> All right. I get up from the table. I try to avoid making eye contact with the bartender because we have not paid for my drink. And we're going <laughs> to exit as quietly as we can. Oh, no. I pinky promised. Oh, shit. Um, did he give us those batteries? Yeah, he gave you four batteries up front. Okay. I'm gonna, four double A's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, hold, hold, hold on one second, book. I have to do this. And I take a battery and I head to the, uh, I head to the bartender's like, here, told you I was good for it. And I slide it to him. It rolls to him because that's what batteries <laughs> do. And he goes and picks it up and he goes, yeah, that'll, that'll cover for today. But, uh, you're still a little in the hole, but I, yeah. I know you're, you're working on it. You're working back there with Johnny Hertz. So I'm sure you'll be flush with cash soon. Wait, you, you know that guy? Yeah. He, uh, he apparently does some sort of radio show. Have you? I've never heard it. Oh, okay. But, okay. Right. But yeah, no, he's a he's a character. You haven't heard it? Uh, I thought no. it was. I thought that was something the cool young kids listen to. Was the radio? No, I don't, I don't even think I own a radio. Do you, Do you happen to own a radio? Actually, uh, most vehicles have a radio in it, but there's that's the thing that if you hit the wrong button, it's just like shh, you know, that one. So you go that, you get that, you turn it to that shh button, it's a FM, and then you got to change it. Uh, there's usually buttons or a little knob, and you go to 99.5, and uh, that's where you can hear him sometimes. Okay, it's all good oh, tips. Thanks for I the info. I thought that shh noise was just the, uh, I thought that was like just the psychic maelstrom talking to me through the car. I didn't know you could turn that off. Oh, it could be. Yeah, no, what people think it might be, but not sure. No way. At least, it, yeah, every other station may be Psychic Maelstrom, but he, he's got 99.5. At least one isn't. Wow. All right. Ocean, I think we know what we have to do. What's that? We're going to find ourselves a radio. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, gonna head back to Ocean's place, and uh, just for the hell of it, he's gonna ask and see if Book can point out a radio from all the junk that he has. Well, I think let's just hop in the Jeep and see if we can push some of those buttons ah. that the bartender was talking about. I forgot, yeah. I think we have enough fuel for it to run for, for a little while. Yeah, the Jeep's got some gas in it still. Um, so yeah, you... Turn on the Jeep, crank it to the right channel, and you hear Johnny Hertz coming in, and he goes, Johnny Hertz here, back from another commercial break, spreading the news and the truth of the day. Uh, exciting news for everyone. I'm about to have a much larger listener base, as I'm going to be able to reach all throughout the underground. Just keep listening on 99.5, and if you happen to be traveling to nearby areas, let them know that they can start Probably next couple days tuning in to 99.5 wherever they're at. And they'll hear the smooth, smooth tones of Johnny Hertz. Our first guest today is... And he just goes in and interviews some local um, people. Uh, are you trying to figure out any from anything from this? Or is it like... What are you, try, what are you trying to learn from listening to him? I, I was So I don't just keep talking for 45 <laughs> minutes. Trying to get an idea of his political uh, alignment regarding hickory fleek yeah like what his definition of what the truth is oh he seems very conspiratorial is what i would say he's interviewing people uh, okay yeah his his first guest actually is um kind of they're very rambling um their voice sounds familiar to you in some way uh book actually but they are rambling about uh, the current society and the state of society and how no one is safe here and that everyone needs to make their way to the long dark. And that's the only way people will be able to survive. Hmm. 
Interesting. Um, and he seems to be backing them up in some way, but then also pushing local um, restaurants and bars on people. So he doesn't seem to be fully bought into it. Um, but he does not seem to be. If you listen longer, I'd say there's definitely some anti-hickory sentiments in what he's saying. Okay. He's he's telling people to open their eyes and kind of figure out who's really in charge. Okay. I think we've got what we need. Well, I feel less bad about helping him. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I'm going to let's shut off the car, preserve the battery and the uh, fuel there. And if it's all right with you, Ocean, uh, I might want to walk for this this particular mission here just because it's it's not too far where we're not that far from the uh truthfully i don't even think my car can drive right now yeah subtropolis isn't too far of a walk and um i think that might be a less intimate what's not the intimidating is not the word i'm looking for a less threatening way for us to approach these guys that we're going to try to barter with. What should we bring with us as um, to 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 try to acquire this this machine? Hmm. All you know, really, is that he said they were collecting. They've been collecting some devices and tech and things like that. And that um, Johnny Hertz doesn't think they know what they have, but it does seem like they are intentionally collecting some things. Ocean, you do you have anything with a lot of wires sticking out of it? Actually, is this a good time? This might be a good time to, <laughs> to read a situation. And, I was just uh, about to say, Stu, can I read my situation to see if I have anything with wires sticking out of it? Yes, I think this is a read a situation for your scrapyard. Pretty much only one of these questions that is relevant. So hope you get at least a seven to nine. Oh, that's a 13. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to say, since you have your psychic ability tied to your Rita situation, you immediately feel drawn to near the same beaten up car that Book poked his head out before. For some reason, you're drawn there and you open the trunk and you see there are just coils and coils and coils of wire uh, just shoved into this trunk. And in the middle is this very strange looking device that has a screen on it um, that does not seem to. It looks like it should be connected to something else important. And this was probably just like the display portion. But it looks very fancy, despite this massive coil of copper and fiber wires coming out. Well, I got this book. Do you think this would do anything? What you thinking of? I don't know what it is, but it looks like exactly the type of thing these folks might be interested in do you have a bag that uh this wire and this this contraption can fit in yeah i'm sure i have a bag somewhere i shuffle around i imagine he's got enough junk to have like a bag to carry things around in yeah absolutely do you mind uh do you mind carrying that around i just don't think that uh i'm, <laughs> I'm particularly suited to be lugging wire he just like kind of gives you the stink eye and doesn't say anything and just picks it up and starts walking all right, so it's very pokey. It kind of pokes your hands a lot, but yeah, you're able to carry it and put it in a bag. All right, I'm holding the schematic slash instruction manual that we got from Johnny Hertz, um, and let's follow it out and see where it leads us. What's our What's our first steps do? Okay, you head. It's in Subtropolis, so you head out towards the overlying cliff face, and there are these massive switchbacks that head down it. Just this rocky outcropping. Um, so Subtropolis itself, which is, I guess, the first time we've seen it in live action where the camera's on. Um, it's this massive city. It's like it's like skyscrapers like New York, but the size of it is probably more like L.A. Like it is a wide spread out, huge, huge region. Um, and a lot of the buildings are still powered in it. Everything is like torn apart, dilapidated. But there are a bunch of lights that turn on in the city and turn off later in the day and it's on a set schedule and that's actually how all of you guys set your clocks is when those lights come on daytime and lights go out it's nighttime which is probably the opposite of the <laughs> um so yeah it is just massively sprawling huge buildings blocking sight lines very easy to get lost in especially once you're down there like from up here you kind of get a view pretty far in a few different directions like it's kind of more spread out and not as many skyscrapers to your left as you look. Um, but when you're down there, very easy to get lost. You basically lose all reference points. You're mostly in a giant dark cavern still, but uh, there's this huge city. Um, so to get there, you're going to have to traverse that city. 
and try to get there in a safe manner. The way we're going to deal with that mechanic is a custom move, our first one. Ooh. So custom moves can be created for specific players or specific monsters you're fighting or specific threats you're dealing with. I'll probably make like a custom move for the spiders cranking stuff because a lot of the rules of driving don't really fit that. Um, but another fun way to use them is for specific locations. So we have a custom move that is triggered when you try to plunder Subtropolis. So when you plunder Subtropolis, you're going to roll plus sharp. On a 10 plus, you get to choose two of these. And on a 7 to 9, you get to choose one of them. Um, so the options are you aren't lost, you aren't followed, and you don't lose anything. <laughs> okay. So the better we roll, the less bad off we are. Okay, since I'm holding the uh, map slash schematic... I think I should roll for Plunder Subtropolis, and then if I need if I need you to help me, Jacob, you can pop in for the help. Okay, lay it on me. All right. Okay, that was an eleven. Excellent. So you can choose two. We are not lost. I feel like we. That's a great. Definitely one. shouldn't lose anything, and we definitely don't lose anything. But I guess we get followed. <laughs> maybe excellent choice that's probably my favorite one okay uh so you have a rough idea of where this is based on some of the landmarks he pointed out there's this very there's the largest skyscraper on this side of the cavern you guys have never been you don't know how far this city expands really in any direction except right here it is just massive going off into darkness um but there is a very large skyscraper on this side that is kind of a good reference point for the drawing that he gave you and kind of circled this area that is kind of the turf for this group of Crandall's men. So you're able to get to that area. You're not going to be lost and you're not going to lose anything while you do that. But as, so as you're going along, give me a, uh, I'm going to say ocean. Ooh. Give me a, read a situation. Roll. All right. Let me read that situation. That is going to be a 10. A 10. Okay, you can ask me three questions right now. This is during travel. This is before you've gotten to their... Before we um, get to their spot? Turf. Okay. Yeah, this is while you're going along, trying to you're trying to keep a lookout for, I guess, in your case... Well, it can be tied to your answers, but in your case, you're probably looking for anything valuable and any dangers are kind of the big things, I imagine. Is that accurate? Yes, I would say that's... Yeah, so I'm going to go with... Who or what poses the biggest threat to me? Who or what represents the best opportunity for me to make money? Ooh. And what should I be on the lookout for? So you're moving along and you have a pretty good idea of where you need to go. You know, this place is dangerous. There are frequently roaming bandits who will just try to ambush you, take what you have, leave you for dead, or literally just kill you. Um, as you're going along, you have to travel through a corridor that has very large buildings on both sides of it, which is basically a kill box situation. So if you stay in the open, you feel like you're in a pretty bad spot. Okay. So that's what poses the biggest threat. Okay. So as you're going along, you, you see this kind of kill box area. They are going to have to figure out some smart way of navigating. Or you can ignore it and just go through and hope no one's there. That's always a feasible option. As you're looking out for valuable things, you see on one of these buildings, there is a very high-powered spotlight placed above a camera that is still functioning. Hmm. And this is something that is... You could, you could reasonably get a hold to. If you could get up there and get it down, yeah, you could carry it, basically. Somewhat mobile if you're able to get it off of here. But it is very high-powered. You see, it actually seems to be motion-triggered, either with the camera or with something else. As you guys turn around a corner, there's just this bright flash of light. Um, about 20 feet in front of you, you guys are actually just out of the light. But it is a lot of candle units. Is that how they measure light? <laughs> I think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to book and be like, you think we could use that as a bargaining chip? If I could get that down. Yeah, I think. Well, do we want to try our luck with what we have and get that on the way back, or do we want to grab some extra some extra stuff to move in case they're not? Let's try our luck on the way with what we have. 
because if they end up taking what we have, then we can take that and make some more money later. I like that plan. I like that plan. I'm going to, I'm going to, do we have a map or is it just written instructions? You have, it's a very poorly drawn map. Okay. I'm going to yes, mark on yeah, our right. map the location of this light. We're going to do our best. It's the quality of a map at a zoo. <sighs> so none of the distances are accurate. Useless, practically. All right. You're gonna, but you're going to mark this location down. What if actually... Ocean, what do, you, what do you think about... How about we scavenge it now and we stash it somewhere? Yeah, I'm down with that. That way, all the hard part's done. All we have to do is grab it on our way back. If we're If we're in a rush... We'll put it somewhere easy to grab. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, who's going to try to get it, and how are you going to try to get it? All right. I feel like neither of us are going to be very good at this, so I don't think it matters too much. I know. I, think I remember is... correctly. Who has the better idea? It's about 20 feet up on the side of this building. Um, there is a camera right under it. You have no idea if that camera is like working or not, or if it's feeding to anyone. Is it by a window? There is a window inside the building that is above it. My... My instinct is to try to get inside the building and get to that window. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Is like go in through the building, get up to the window and try and like reach out and grab it. Or climb out and get out, get it, uh, get it from the window. Who's doing it? Can we go together? <laughs> I'm you scared. Can. I guess I'll try and do it and you can be the watch out. Oh, that's look out. That works, too. That works, too. Do we have walkie talkies? Sure. Hell yeah. We always carry our walkie-talkies around on these kind of things. Totally. All right, I'll stay down. I'll keep an eye out. And um, if you need uh, a call-out, just poke your head out the window and walkie-talkie me, and, and we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Good luck, Ocean. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm going to start this uh, the process of getting into the building and uh, going upstairs to get to the spotlight. Okay. As you go inside, it looks like this first floor is like a completely blown out diner. It's been just like completely looted, but it's this large, flat, open floor with these like um, stools that are all overturned and tables that are just smashed against the walls. It looks like someone at some point piled some tables up to provide some cover or something, but there's no one there right now. Um, but luckily, this spotlight is so bright out there that it's actually providing some <laughs> illumination in here. That's how good this light is. This is a very good light. This will be so useful in my shop. And you see that it looks like there's probably a set of stairs behind the counter leading up to whatever the second floor is. Okay, I'm going to go up the stairs. Okay, as you're heading towards that door, um, it's a classic diner door where it has that little glass circular window on it, you know, picture. Are you picturing this door accurately? Yeah. Yeah. The little swingy doors with the, the window kind of like a rounded top. Yes, exactly. Yes. Nailed it. Uh, so you're heading towards this door and that the glass is actually still intact. And as you're heading towards it, the um, I guess the timer or whatever is triggering this light to be on goes out. So it suddenly gets very dark um, and you can just barely see the glint of a reflection. And I'm going to give you your last read a situation question, which is what should I be on the lookout for? Just for a moment in the reflection of that glass, it looks like you see right to the side of book is something that kind of looks like a large wolf is the first instinct you get. But when you turn and look towards him, it's gone. Thank you for listening to our first real episode. If you could, please just find your two best or two nerdiest friends and tell them to listen as well. If you have any comments or ideas about the show or any fun intros we could do, you can send us an email at oops at stew.cool because apparently I'm a narcissist. That's O-O-P-S at S-T-U dot C-O-O-L. The art and logo are by Brady McDonough, who plays Book McCready. And the editing and music is by Stu Masterson. Thank you again. Love you, bye.